Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. Hey everyone, welcome back. Happy Beltane, happy May Day. I am here a day early this week because I wanted to get a jump start on the episodes this month. I want to start on May 1st because May is Prouder Willie Awareness Month. For those of you who are new to this podcast, my daughter Freya has Prouder Willie Syndrome. So it's particularly important to our family that we help spread the word about her needs and about the disorder and educate people. So for this month, I'm going to change it up a bit. First off, instead of coming out every two weeks, I will be putting on a new episode every week. I will say that when I decided to do that, I thought there were only four Wednesdays in May and I just realized there are five. So hopefully I can get that other interview that I'm trying to get with someone who is one of the most important members of the Prada Willie community. And she has agreed to be on the podcast, but um, I have yet to pin her down for a time. So I'll work on that. Until then, I have had some really sweet talks with some people in the Prada Willie community, a couple of mothers, a sibling before this episode comes out, I will have spoken with the executive director of the Foundation for Prada Willie Research. So I've got some great interviews coming out this month. And I just want to say, if you feel as if you want to not tune in for the next month because your child does not have Prada Willie syndrome, don't let that scare you away because these stories, in many ways, universal. It's maybe not the same diagnosis that you are familiar with. Um, but it's often very similar struggles, frustrations, and very similar ways of finding the hope and the joy. So I'm hoping that even if you are not a part of the Prada Willie community, that you will stay with us because there is a place for everyone at this table. That being said, this month will also be a way for people to learn more about the disorder. And as I mentioned in the beginning of this whole podcast journey, that I would like this podcast to be, among many things, a space to learn and educate each other about the needs of our children. And once May is over, I will again open up this podcast and the space to to have others on here to share their stories. I have some other really amazing parents lined up to come and talk about their children. So we're going to keep this rolling. But until then, this month is about the Prada Willie journey. So if you are friends with me on Facebook, or if you are in the Walking with Freya group on Facebook, which you can jump in on 
anytime. I just have to add you. I will be posting a daily fact or a personal anecdote about our experience with Prader-Willi syndrome. I did this last year and it was so, I was so amazed and touched by the outpouring of love and support and appreciation from friends and family and community members for what I was attempting. So I will be doing that again along with this podcast. So it's going to be a busy month. Okay, so here's the other part. And this is where I am putting a request out there. As I said, by the time this episode comes out, I will have interviewed the executive director for the foundation for Prader Willie Research. If you had told me 10 years ago that I would actively be supporting advancements in Western medicine or medical research, I would have... I would not have believed you. Fill in whatever cliche you think fits. But basically the idea is that this is, uh, I'm in an area, I'm in a realm I never expected to be in. But the universe saw fit to teach me amongst many, many, many other lessons. The lessons of humbleness and retraction. So I will honor and admit that Freya is doing so well these days, largely in part, I believe, to the knowledge that has been gaining over the years for her disorder. I think that Freya is a very strong, smart, happy, wonderful girl all on her own. But I do think that we would be in a different place without the research and the knowledge that they have gained over the last 10, 20 years. So I want to, I want to honor that. So here is my request. As you listen to these episodes this month, my request is that you consider, is that you consider donating to the Foundation for Prada Willie Research. If you don't know anyone with Prada Willie Syndrome, then you can donate in honor of Freya or in honor of the Walking with Freya podcast or any of the children you hear about on the podcast this month. And if you want to know more about the organization before you donate, which is totally understandable, I'm going to put that episode out next week. And another way, um, I did start a Patreon page, which for those of you who don't know, Patreon is a place that you can go and it's a, it's a website and it's a place you can go where you can monetarily support the podcasts that you like because most podcasts are out there for free. And I think that's wonderful. I love that they're, I mean, I listen to so many podcasts, but they do take a lot of time. They are a lot of work. They take a lot of time and we do it because we love it, but it does, it does take time and money to produce it. So anyway, so I just need to put that out there that I do have a page at Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash walking with Freya. And you can go there and pledge a monthly amount for as little as a dollar a month. And, but even supporting me and this podcast on Patreon will also support the foundation for Prada Willie research because 25% of everything that I make on Patreon will go directly to the foundation for Prada Willie research. And not just for the month of May, just for as long as I make this podcast, that will be, that is something that I've decided to do that I would like part of the money to go to research. If you don't want to donate to FPWR, 
but you're feeling inspired by this podcast and by these talks, then seek out an organization related to your child's diagnosis. Find a way to support and and donate to a cause that you that is a little more closely tied to you. I think it's really important that we support these these organizations that are trying to gain more knowledge and an education and understanding of treatments because I think it's it's crucial to the lives of our children and to the quality of life that they can have because when we have knowledge we have the power and the ability to adapt and to make things better so if may means anything to you let it be the recognition and the support of these organizations that are trying to make the lives of our children healthier better longer all of that so on to the episode the interview for today well i originally called it an interview but for most of the questions that i asked jen she turned them around on me and asked me and so there's a bit of a back and forth afterwards i thought well i should just edit out my part because whatever you guys get enough of hearing me i realized that um but then i realized that it's not an interview it is a conversation between two moms who have found themselves on similar paths and are just trying to figure out which way to hold the damn map. It really was a delightful conversation. We had some great laughs. I think that it's important to to be able to have these conversations and to find these ways to connect and to talk with people that live all the way on the other side of the country. Well, technically in Canada. And, you know, we some of the things that we, you know, so many similarities because of this journey that we're on. And so it was really great to connect. And I want to pull out a few things before the conversation begins. One of the things that she said was the, which I think most people with kids that have behavior type disorders can, can resonate, that this resonates with them. The necessity of having to think on your feet really damn fast. That comes up. And I just, that was so that stuck out to me and I realized, yeah, that's so true. And I'm not so good at it. I am learning to be better at it. And I feel like I'm not there yet where I have to really be better at it, but you know, it'll be coming. And then another, another thing that she said was, uh, that our expectations always have to be realigned. And I think that's true for parenting in general. I mean, that's true for life in general, really. But that was an important sentiment that I think if we can come into this journey, or at least, you know, as we're moving forward, have that understanding and that realization that our expectations are always going to be changing. It's good. It's good to have expectations, you know, because that kind of keeps pushing you and moving you forward. But they've got to, those expectations need to be fluid. And uh, the third thing that I wanted to pull out was just the importance of accepting, of accepting what we can and of doing what we can without 
without judging each other, without comparing ourselves to other families. It's not about shaming each other. It's about being supportive. And so, you know, there are many different ways to, to handle these situations and to go on this journey. And, you know, some families are really grab the bull by the horns. They're going to control the diet. They're going to have all the supplements and they're going to do this and that. And they've got this therapy, that therapy scheduled, and it's just, and it's working and, and their kids are great and they're healthy and, you know, um, and then the, there's other ways of finding that balance because that doesn't always work for everybody. Not everybody can handle the, the thought of, of counting all the calories or, you know, as we talk about supplements and, and I asked her something about the, the supplements and there she had, she had a list and compared to my, my one, my one little fish oil supplement that I had. <laughs> and so, you know, my first thought was, oh, oh shit, I'm not, ah, oh, I need to get more supplements. So I think that was one of the cool things about this conversation was just recognizing that you got to make it work for your family. You know, you got to make it sustainable and, and make everybody healthy and happy and working and getting along. And that looks different for different families. So those are the three things I got out of the interview. It really was fun. She was a really fun, delightful woman to talk to, Jen. And rather than jumping at the end with all of the business details, I'll just remind you really quickly that if you would like to share your story, you can email me at walkingwithfreya at gmail.com. I'm also trying to do some posting on Instagram under the walking with Freya, I guess that's my handle. And there's some, uh, I'm talking about some therapy, new therapies that we're trying and things like that. And then of course there's the Facebook group walking with Freya and it's not the most active group yet, but we can make it active. We can get everybody in there and get some conversations going and I have a new project that I'm starting, which is kind of a companion for this. And I'm really excited about it, but I'm not going to talk about it yet. If you want to know about it, you got to find me on Instagram or the Walking with Freya Facebook group because I talk about it on there. And I'm even looking for participants, guinea pigs. So anyway, if you want to find out what that project is, you have to go find me out in the ethers. So for now, let's get into this conversation between me and Jen because it was lovely and again as always thank you for being here and I hope that we all have a wonderful lovely May take care so Jen would you since this is our first time talking with each other um would you would you mind just for the sake of context telling me briefly about yourself and your family and maybe you know the area where you live? Okay, I'm Jen. I just turned 40 years old. Uh, my husband Jay is um, in the military, Gandhi. He's been in for the last uh, 15, 16 years. I just recently been laid off from a job I had for 13 years, so now I'm at a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> so that in itself has been a transition. <laughs> um, <laughs> We have a daughter, uh, Kinsley Leonard, who is um, who just turned five years old this past December. 
Uh, we live in a place called Truck River, Ontario, Canada. It's about two hours from Ottawa. So you, so your daughter Kinsley has prader willi syndrome, yeah. which is the same yeah. disorder as my daughter. Um, but I just want to kind of, well, I guess I'll let. You, how would you? How do you explain prader willi syndrome? Um, she just has a disorder that um, makes her um, have her body doesn't have the ability to recognize when it's full. Like she's just missing a mechanism in her brain that signals the stomach when it's full. And we don't know when that switch goes off. Right. So, and she's got low tone. Um, it's been so long, Annie, since I've described Kinsley in that way that I, I kind of forget that she has. Like it's always like I always, I always know she has PWS, but I just it's been so long since I went through all that that I kind of forget a little bit about PWS. To be perfectly honest with you, uh-huh. I... you know, to me she's Kinsley Bear, and I always have to be mindful of. You know, her low tone and her eating, but besides that, I kind of treat her just like a normal, um, any normal five-year-old, you yeah. know? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's great. I mean, good good for you and good for Kinsley. Um, yeah, so how how old was she when she was diagnosed? Oh, she was about three to four weeks. Okay, so... Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was pretty fast because I had her at my local hospital and um, they had a couple of family doctors on um, on staff there and they kind of recognized when she was born that something wasn't quite right, like she wasn't waking up, she was a bit floppy, so basically she had the telltale um, symptoms of PWS since she was first born. So they decided to phone our um, our CHIA, which is uh, uh, an amazing um, hospital in Ottawa, it's Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. And they decided to uh, fly her to the NICU there, uh, neonatal neonatal unit, uh, just for just to find out, you know, like their hunch was like there's something quite not right with Kinsley. Uh-huh. So they decided to err on a set of caution. So she got flown in there, um, and four days after birth, and then she stayed there until December 25th and got discharged. Then, and two weeks later, we got told in person what she had. So. Okay. Had you so, heard of the disorder? Yeah. I only briefly when they were doing their rounds because when you're at the neonatal unit, you've got every kind of um, specialty that comes aboard. Right. <laughs> you know, neurology and and all that. So they they were kind of telling me about that, but I I did hear one of the residents say, "Oh, she may have this, and that just means you're going to have to uh, lock up all your cabinets." I kind of hear that was kind of what they um, they discussed, but that was it. So I never even heard about PWS. Uh-huh. I just know it was one of the um, the um, um, condition, not condition, but one of the things he tested for. Right. Um, along with spinal muscular atrophy, it was PWS and muscular dystrophy. That those are the top three that he tested for when he, when Kinsley presented the symptoms she did. So. Um, yeah, so uh, my pregnancy was, like, for me, was normal, like, because she was my first. Um, Kinsley's our only child, so I had no other way of, like, saying, oh, this is a little different. Like, I do remember mm-hmm. that she didn't move a lot, so I, I had to go to the my um, OBGYN a uh, couple times to see what's going on, but she moved just enough to pass. Okay. Um, she was over nine pounds when I did give birth, like, she's nine, wow. she was, like, nine, five. She was a big baby, and she was yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> so, yeah, the new baby, you, you know, here's your nine-pound baby. You know, he never <laughs> see that. <laughs> and she was born naturally, um, or was she cesarean? No, I had a C-section because 
because obviously she didn't have any muscle tone <clears throat> right. to push her way through. So I had I pushed for two hours, and that was first threshold. And then I had her at a C-section. And now I realize I'm like, I didn't gain any weight. I was quite sick during my pregnancy. But had she moved like a normal, you know, baby would move, I'd be a lot bigger than I did because I only gained like 23 pounds. Uh-huh. Um, but it was quite sick during. So I'm like, oh, that was maybe my first clue that. I think, you know, she didn't have any room that poor child. Like, she was squished in. Because she just didn't have the muscle tone to move that much. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, thinking back now, I'm like, well, that, that may have been my first clue, but I didn't have any other way of, you know. Well, there's um, you have so many questions. I mean, I, I had had, Freya was my second, so I had gone through a pregnancy mm-hmm. before. Um yeah. But it had been seven years before, so I had forgotten a lot. But I do remember that that lack of movement and that being something that worried me. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. So How old is Freya? <laughs> Freya is six. Six and a half. Six, okay. okay. So we're still... Okay. It's still mostly just sweetness. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what my worry is, is that it's not so much maybe the hunger, but the behavior. Yes, because I read all this and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to have the patience of that, like just to deal with that on like non-ending. Uh-huh. I'm just like, wow, that's, I think, I don't know, that'd be my breaking point, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, does she have, you know? um, yeah, Freya is already, um, I mean, she does get kind of stuck on things and mm-hmm. can be really yeah. stubborn and, and do some of that perseveration yeah. stuff. And it is, I, I have, I've had to really find a deeper well of patience than I uh-huh. thought I had. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you're like, that well just runs dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just, yeah. I want to just get in the car and drive away. That's what, just what I need to do yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, you, exactly. Like, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, Kinsley has sticky thinking where it's like the most minute thing, but it's like, it's such a big deal for her. And I'm like, why can you not move on from this? Uh-huh. Like, why do you need to do it this way versus a way that's much more simpler? But for her, that is her way, and that's it. And I'm like, you know what? I choose my battle. You want to do it that way? You go right ahead and do it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, how are the resources uh, where you live as far um, as therapies? Good, or... good. Like, um, better that she's in school because now she gets to see um, a speech therapist about two to three weeks every two to three weeks. Um, we do a private tutoring because she is uh, behind uh, academically. Um, so she'll be repeating senior kindergarten. So we already know that because she's just not ready for grade one. She can't even write her name. She can't read like she'd be lost. So she needs that other year. Uh-huh. Um, and then we get another speech um, every uh, two weeks to help with her pronunciation and that. So. Okay. So it's not bad. Like I don't know. Like PT and OT seem to be lacking off, but it's not. That's not where she's where she needs. It's, it's speech, basically, at this point. What uh, what her major um, struggle is. Uh huh. So physically, she's um, pretty capable and moving around and doing the typical. Yeah, like she's not going to be the fastest kid. Um, right. She's kind of like Gumby in a way. You know, she's got her own way of running. I'm not <laughs> sure it's a cross between million dollar man and four of gum, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, I'm like, okay, uh, you know what, <laughs> that's okay, sweetheart, uh, mommy wasn't fun like that too, so, <laughs> um, but she has her way and all that, um, yeah, 
she's but she's built like a tank, my little girl. So, <laughs> like, I think she's gonna not be a dancer. She might be, you know, soccer team, as I say, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, family <laughs> genetics do play into it. Like, I'm sorry. Family genetics do play into it. I mean, my I my oldest daughter was uh, into ballet for a little while, and I was I remember thinking, God, I hope she doesn't want to continue on with this because we're not like we don't have ballerina bodies in this family. Oh, <laughs> they look at us and we're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you not have like weight training? <laughs> like for for weight training people, like Kinsley is uh, just shy of like she's four one maybe or that and she's like 56 pounds my girl is built like a tank <laughs> yeah so you know you've got the ones that are like string beans i'm like that's not going to be <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah so how's uh freya like physically is she all good she's good you know yeah she um same thing she's not going to be uh you know she she keeps up um, and yep. she, it's, she's just, everything is a little slower for her to learn. I mean, she's been in kindergarten yep. for what, since the fall now. And she just in the last two weeks has figured out how to really swing. She's finally got the, mm-hmm. you know, the put your legs out and bring them back. And so she's swinging really high, which oh, is, a, yeah. which is of course terrifying to watch. You know, I'm just like, don't fall out because, <laughs> you know, because I remember that was always a thing. Like they can't catch themselves. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Freya didn't walk till two and a half, and I feel like okay. How how old was Kinsley? How, did she? How was she meeting her milestones in the beginning? Yeah, she was a little behind, but she walked at about maybe fifteen, sixteen months. Oh, okay, that's pretty normal for. I mean, that's mm-hmm. good. Good yeah, for her. Maybe closer to maybe eighteen months, so not too far off. Um. Yeah, so she's, uh, but she's always going to be behind. Like, she's, I think she's about a year behind. Like, she's five, but I think emotionally she's, like, four years old. And intellectually, I, I compare her to a four-year-old. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, sometimes Freya seems really on it, like, you know, kind of really with it and able to keep up uh-huh. emotionally, intellectually. And then in other areas, um, you know, I can see there's a bit of a lag there in the development uh-huh. uh, just what scares me is that gap is going to be keep on getting wider and wider uh-huh. as kids like grows up and i'm like Ugh. so she fits in now because all people just say oh she's a oh she's just your typical five-year-old but i'm like uh yeah how long can i swing that by <laughs> how right. long can i swing that by <laughs> yeah i think that is the big concern because that gap does get potentially wider and wider as they get older. And I think, you know, like kindergartners, um, I was a little hesitant to put Freya in kindergarten, but um, Uh I thought, you know, it'd be great to start her, put her in there young, you know, when kids are a lot more um, accepting. Accepting, yeah. And, you know, and then they can grow, rather than try and put her in in like third, fourth grade, which is what I did with my oldest daughter. I homeschooled her till I think fourth grade. Um, but, okay. but that was fine. Like she's typically developing. She got right in there. It was fine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, <clears throat> yeah. So I wanted to get Freya in there when they're young and they're accepting and they can all kind of mm-hmm. grow up together. And so far it's been really sweet and I hope that it just continues, you know, as, yeah, as potentially that gap widens and, sh- you know, and they see 
you know, more of her, you know, her, um, her challenges are a little more obvious to them. Hopefully they will have developed this bond before then that's kind of sustains it. That's my, like they'll, they'll care for her and not cheese her and all that because yeah. 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 Kids in kindergarten are so the most accepting. And then it's when they start getting older that, that acceptance doesn't become, you know, a natural thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's kind of like us and them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, is Kinsley is she on growth hormone or um, do you are you into supplements or what do you? Um... Yeah, oh, all the supplements, supplements, supplements. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, she got. Oh my god, she got on growth hormone and it's like, how many supplements can my daughter take? Uh, she's been on growth hormone since nine months, and in Canada, that is an exceptionally young age because the genetics. Uh, who told us the news, I mentioned growth hormone, they're like, oh, it's not something you need to worry about until they're, like, five years old. Uh-huh. So if I took that piece of advice and ran with it, I didn't question it, then I would just be starting kids on growth hormone. I had missed, like, five years of that. So I was like, screw that. So then I have a very good endocrinologist that kind of listens to me and and also listens to Dr. Miller, and then we put Kinsley on nine, in nine months. Great. So I was very happy for that. <laughs> Yeah, it was... Um, Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 sorry. That that was basically going to be it. Okay, yeah, it was a challenge uh, for us to do the growth hormone also. And I wonder wonder how much it's changed in five years. Like if I had... Because even then when Freya was born, it was kind of like they were just figuring out that this is what... You know, the specialists knew, you know, they were like, yeah, we need to get these kids on growth hormone, but the insurance mm-hmm. and the doctors that aren't specialists, they're still kind of behind. And, and it's so, it is so beneficial uh, to get them mm-hmm. started early. And it was such a battle here for us. I mean, why is, why was it such a battle? Cause I just think in the States it's easier to get on growth hormone than it is in Canada, but it, part of the battle was that they wanted her to have a sleep study and um, we had to do all of this in San Francisco. And like I said, we're five hours North. So it was, you know, the scheduling and the getting in there and then waiting for um, doctors to file, you know, to fill out the right paperwork to get it, to get it through. And then even, um, and our big thing, which I'm not necessarily going to go into here, but, uh, you know, she had her first sleep study when she was like five months old and she was very weak. And, Mm, um, and then she had another one. Um, she, they didn't get her back in there until like four months later and she had grown so much. And then it was just horrible trying to strap this CPAP to her. It was awful. And I, and I was pregnant with my third at the time I got pregnant when Frey was seven months old, I got pregnant with my third. Which was just crazy. I mean, when I found out oh I was pregnant, Lord. I was like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I know it was. Oh, it, it was crazy. It was a crazy time, but I'm I'm glad we did it. I mean, I'm glad that she's you know. I mean, her little sister is they. It's a good lesson, you know. She learns a lot from her, and or you know, oh. vice versa. But sometimes it's a challenge, and sometimes it's really sweet. But yeah, so it was just a struggle with like paperwork and sleep studies. And then I, I decided and, uh, you know, that she wasn't going to be on the CPAP because I didn't think she needed it anymore. So then it was this whole, 
Uh, it was just, it was really nuts. <laughs> So she didn't get on growth hormone till she was 11 months old. So it was like six months of calling doctors and the insurance and all that stuff. And just, it was so frustrating because I had all of this information about how important it was to start it early in the first year. And so I remember there was kind of this like clock ticking. Yeah. In the back of your mind, I'm like, I'm never going to get this time back. Right. Yeah. Like, we're losing valuable yeah. time here. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I, I wish there wasn't so much a struggle because, like, the whole lives are going to be one struggle. It just seems like we're always fighting. And it's like I'm almost, like, worn out, and it's like she's only five. What am I going to be like in another five, ten years? Like, why does everything have to be so complicated? Uh-huh. You know, it's like I she needs this. Like, just give it to her. <laughs> Yeah, it shouldn't be so much of a struggle. What would you say is your biggest challenge um, with this disorder? Is is this it? Is trying to get her what she needs, or is um, is it with her? Um, that um, academically would say would be my biggest one at this point. Where you know a five year old would speak in full sentences academically in speech and would know her ABCs and her one, two, threes. And it's like a constant battle for kids like, to retain that information. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Sometimes she's really good. She can count to 10 and other days it's like, what's this five? And it's like, she knows it's one and I don't know. So it might be just, you know, she's, you know, been at school the entire day and she doesn't want to do it or I don't know what it is. So that's why it's sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> like I don't get this. But then I just have to realize that she'll get it in, in her own time, and when she gets it, she'll never forget it because they have really good memories. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what would you say is Freya's biggest, like, what would you say is your biggest challenge? Oh, um, I, I would say it depends on the day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, we just... I don't know. We just had a play date the other day and she was so excited about it. And then when uh, her friend was here and wanted to play with her horse, Freya, like a little toy horse, um, then Freya had a hard time. She started crying and was telling me, this is my special horse. I got it for my birthday. And, you know, her poor friend is sitting there just trying to have this play date. You know, thankfully... Um, you know, her little sister was there who's close enough in age to play with too. But so I had to take Freya out of the room and say, you know, explain to her, like when your friends come over, you know, you share your toys. Like that's the fun part of a play date. Anyway, it was just, it was pretty frustrating. So, but I got some good advice on one of the Facebook pages about, you know, having to role play, you know, kind of role play play dates before they happen. Um, so I feel like I, so I would say that my biggest challenge is trying to understand, trying to really understand how her brain works, like why certain things upset her because she seems like such an easygoing kid for the most part. Mm. And then, mm-hmm. and then something will upset her or she'll get stuck on something or she'll get frustrated and you can't really mm-hmm. get through to her. You can't, it's hard to talk it out once she gets upset. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's the rationalization is really not there with them. Yeah, that's a good way. You know, and then you got the looks from other kids, like if it happens at school, and it's like, oh, what's wrong? It's like, no, I'm trying to deal with this. And it's just they're so overcome with emotion that it's so hard 
So I get Kinsley just to breathe in and count to 10, and that sometimes helps 90% of the time. Nice. Okay. You yeah. know, but still. So I have her look at me in the eyes and say, Kinsley, look at Mama, look at Mama. Okay, I know this is upsetting, but how about we count down to 10? Okay, deep breath, and that sometimes helps her out. Most of the time it actually helps her out. I think that's great advice. Um, because yeah, like you said, the, the rationalization isn't there. So if you can get them to just calm their body down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps out and says, okay. And then I always have to compromise. Like not this, but how about we do this? And then we'll do that later. Like it's always having to come up and think on your feet really damn fast. Yeah. <laughs> really damn fast. <laughs> It's like, okay, because, you know, like, and they also tend to get overwhelmed very easily sensory-wise. That's uh, for Kinsley. Like, it's just when they're full of kids that are, like, everywhere and there's, like, 50 of them screaming and all that, Kinsley will not want to even go out there. It's just too much for her. So I've had to realize that that's just not Kinsley's style. Uh-huh. You know, and it could be because she's still maybe a little unsteady on her feet because it doesn't take much for her to be like pushed aside. And it's just, I can't imagine if you are sensitive to sensory um, and then you have all that, like what happens to your brain with that? Yeah. So, well, I was just going to say, I've had to adjust that, like just say, this is just not going to be conducive to Kinsley's well-being, <laughs> being in that situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. I found that Freya um, will kind of, take herself out of that of stuff if you know she'll she'll wander off to like go sit and play a puzzle or something if it gets to be uh-huh. too much we actually went on a field yep. trip with the kindergarten class and i went and it was to see this performance but it was uh-huh. this bubble show but it was weird they had like just like flashing lights and and there was like the whole performance on stage but then they had the screen behind it where you could where they were videoing the performance so it was just like this big uh-huh. screen and then the performance and then all these lights throughout the audience and it was just i looked over and freya was just passed out like she, <laughs> i think <laughs> i think she just couldn't deal and she just passed out like went to sleep she was like i'm done it's too much <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah like yeah, my brain is on overload yeah yeah so how does Kinsley do with her peers? How Does she have friends? Does she connect well? Does she have friends? She has a lot of adult friends. Kinsley is very much suited for adults. Uh-huh. Loves her adults because adults give her one-on-one attention. Kids do not. So everyone loves Kinsley. We go to, um, we're in a very small community here in Chalk River. Like her class, her entire school has 110 kids. Oh, wow. So... I know. Yeah, she's got a one-on-one aid. Like, I can't beat beat it. And everyone loves and knows Kinsley at that school. Yeah. They all come to her for a hug and all that. To the point where the school wants the kids to stop hugging Kinsley. <laughs> <laughs> and even the principal has a free hug limit that he imposes on himself, actually. He's like, no, I can't give this child more than three hugs. <laughs> Because they're so huggable, but that's appropriate at five years old. I'm not sure how I'm going to handle this when she's 10 and still wants to hug people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Stranger Danger really doesn't have any. She could go home with, like, I don't know, like Freddy Krueger and be like, oh, I'm fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> I, that is one of the fears, um, right? Because that yeah. 
seems to be they're so friendly they can be so friendly and social i mean freya is the same way um she's developed she's starting to develop a little bit of shyness as she's getting older when she was younger i um it would terrify me to go like the farmer's market or i even had a special bracelet for her that had her name and my number um because yeah i felt like she was just super friendly with anybody yeah yeah yeah, um, so she um, she doesn't have any friends, like, because she goes to play dates, but then Kinsley will just play on her own. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, that's just Kinsley. She just is really content just playing on her own. I don't know if that's an own child thing, or if that's just, she's pretty content just being by herself. Uh, Freya's like that, I'm too. I'm not too sure. That could be the sensory thing, too, because I would say Freya's definitely like that. She, I mean, she gets excited about being in a group of kids, but then... Um, you know, yeah, she often will go off and play by herself. I think it could be overwhelming for them. Or like you said, you know, they get bumped around easily. Yeah, and kids just go from, like, one activity to another. And kids are just content just doing the same activity for a couple hours. Um, but I wouldn't say Kinsley has, like, she's got a couple people that I can like to consider Kinsley's friends. But, like, she doesn't have a whole heck of a lot, no. <laughs> yeah, well... Most five-year-olds don't, I don't think, I mean, I don't, and they're still kind of at the age where it's, uh, you know, your friends, the parents' friends' kids, I think, are the most consistent friends. That's exactly it. I've got, a, I've got some mom friends, and their kids happen to be Kinsley's friends, but, and again, we could have all of them in a group, and then all five of them would be, some are playing, Kinsley would be on her own. Uh-huh. And Kinsley would be okay with that, like... To her, she's not missing out on anything. To her, it's like, um, I'm playing with some toys. What's the problem? But I'm like, but but you should be playing with them. So that is something I've had to reconcile within myself uh-huh. and say, maybe Kinsley's just that way. And But it's more like I'm losing something. Of, like I'm like, but that's not how it's supposed to be. So it's a lot of my expectations always have to be realigned. Uh-huh. You know, I'm saying, well, this is just how it's going to be. And why am I not okay with it if my child is? Right. You know, so I don't know if that's the same for you and Freya, but that's just how I'm I'm still coping with it. Uh-huh. Well, I would say having two other children besides mm-hmm. Freya, I would say that's a parenting thing. <laughs> also, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we have these, these little beings and we, we have these expectations or these desires for them. Yeah. And, and then they, turns out they have their own personality and their own desires. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's the means. It's, Expectation, haha, reality. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Always means in your head. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I answered all fully your question about supplements. Um, in addition to growth hormone, she's on Carnotaur, which is like um, Carnotaur. She's on um, CoQ10. Uh-huh. She's on um, vitamin B, D. She takes a multivitamin. Um, I think that's all. Wow. But see, I'm like, I'm always like, should I put her on uh, Pitocin? Uh, is it Pitocin? That's the latest one, or Lactoferrin? Like, I'm always, because, um, of course, you're on Facebook, um, those Facebook moms, you know, for PWS. I'm like, yeah. I see all these kids on different, and I'm like, well, she's not on that. Should I need that? Because then you end up with, like, 20 supplements. It's crazy how many supplements there are. Um, mm-hmm. I, Freya takes fish oils. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I've tried, when she was younger, she was on carnitine and CoQ10. 
Um, I have the Pharmanac for uh, certain times. Like I only give that to her when okay. she when she gets like a lung thing, like a cough. It mm-hmm. helps her work through it faster. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's easy to, I feel like sometimes it's easy to feel overwhelmed by all of that information and to feel like, at least for me, like, oh my God, am I like, I, I just hearing your list of supplements. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. I don't have enough supplements. <laughs> Shit. What, you know, what am I, what am I missing? Oh, and no. I feel the benefits of those supplements and I'm like, oh my God, if it can give her more cognitive ability, I want that. Right. Yeah, no. yeah, and all the supplements, they're all, like, mixed together, so it's, it's like, one rendered null and void because you're taking this other one, like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's so interesting because if it, you know, it may work on someone else, but it didn't work on Freya, so you're like, well, I can't always, you know, put her on all this because it may just not work for her. It may throw out, like you said, the negative ones that are just not worth it. <laughs> I don't know. Now, now I feel like uh, I need to get some more supplements going, though. <laughs> Well, like I've, I've stopped that because it's a little different in Canada than it is in the States. So I'm like, you know, what works for one family, that's great, but it doesn't work for mine. Like this whole diet thing, I need to be honest. I'm probably one of the very few that I'm like, I'm not on the mad diet. I'm not on the ketogenic. I'm not on this. I'm like, I just try to balance it out and I give her treats. You know, like I'm just, I just can't tell myself I will never give my daughter sugar. That's just not something that I'm not, I'm not going to say, sorry. Yeah. You know, so it's one of the diet things. I think it's a huge component where you're like, oh my God, like it's just, it would be maddening to me to weigh every single morsel of food that goes in my child's mouth. Like no way, no how, wouldn't do it. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) You know, like you said, you got to, you got to weigh it all out and what, like, what can your family realistically handle? I mean, I don't weigh the food out. I, Freya's not on any special diet other than the same thing. Like, I just, I mean, she gets sugar every now and then, you know, like they do birthday parties at school and I don't, ha- I don't make anything special. Um, for now, it's not an, for now, it's not an issue. You know, I just, I am more clear about when she eats, um, and I do make her lunch. I mean, I, you know, so I'm, I'm careful about what she gets yeah, to, a, I do too. to a point, but then, yeah, like we like to go, uh, to the Mexican restaurant down the road every now and then, and we eat chips before we get our burrito. And, you know, I always think I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be doing this, but you know what? You also have to live your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, where they're like, especially like you see other moms and, and they're like special ordering this. And I'm like, making all this I'm like I have all the time but I just don't want I don't know why I just don't have the appeal for I'm just like I don't know yeah well you make it you make it work what you what you know what you can what you're what you're able to do what you're you know what you're willing to do um and I mean it sounds like sounds like she's doing great Mm -hmm. that's it like everybody she's tracking well so I'm going to just continue with what I'm doing um I water down if she's going to have any juice I water down to like 80 Uh percent so it's not really like juice but to her it is um she loves her chocolate milk so I've had to give her almond milk instead of like full-on cow milk but she loves her cow milk Uh and then I do chocolate syrup with that so at least it's less sugar than that um if she like 
I don't know. I don't. When it comes to pizza, she has normal pizza. I I know I could do the fat head dough thing, but I don't. I don't know why. I just not to. I don't know why. It's probably laziness on my end. Or just, <laughs> I don't know. There's no excuse. I just like oh fat head. Everyone loves the fat head dough, and I'm just like I know I could make it. And I just choose not to. I don't know. It's just easier that way to give her a slice of pizza. But then she has a fruit with it, like blueberries or some, you know, vegetable with it. Uh huh. What I noticed in the beginning, I was really careful uh, with Freya's calories and I was counting and I was being really clear. And she was like two years old and we went to see Dr. Miller and and I was telling Dr. Miller about the counting calories and things like that. And she was kind of looked at me. She was like, don't just don't, (laughs) you know, like this. She's two. You don't need to be counting calories, you know, just be careful Uh what she. And so and. And there was something else, I don't remember what, but Dr. Miller was like, May, I think that she needs more. I think you're not giving her enough. And yeah. I started feeding her more, and that's when she started walking, like really walking. Wow. And I mean, I so then I had guilt the other way. I was like, oh, my God, I've been like, starving my child. Like I have – because I think Dr. Miller was like, you know, you got to start giving her more fat. Like, she, you know, she does need to eat. She's a growing child. <laughs> So, oh my God. so I think that's also my thing is I'm really reluctant to go down that road again because I feel like I had, I mean, she wasn't malnourished or anything like that. You no, know? no, no, no. But it's like, oh my God, you mean I could have given her And now she starts walking as soon as you're feeding her more. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. It was so clear to me. Like, wow. Okay. I took it too far. So mm. now I just try and find a balance that works and I, I feel yeah. good about it. I mean, Freya's healthy and... She just started track. <laughs> she just... Oh, nice. <laughs> she was so excited. She ran the whole way from the classroom to the practice field where they were meeting and because she, she was so excited. And she pretty much wore herself out just, like, running to the track oh. practice. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Like, I know this Easter she will have chocolate. I know that. So I just try to portion control it for her. Yeah. You know, make sure that she has more veggies than than that. But yeah, I mean, I've never been. I wasn't. I didn't feed my older daughter a lot of sugar. Anyway, I was even more careful with my older daughter. Um, okay. I don't know why. Just because <laughs> you know, with your first kid, you're a little more on it, and then you have more mm-hmm. kids, yeah. and you're like, ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like you have a bed. <laughs> yeah. How how do you? Uh, how do you take care of yourself? Because you're, I mean, is there anything that, because I think that's something that can happen with parents of children with special needs, especially, you know, we kind of put so much because there is so much to know, so much to learn, so much to do. Uh Um, Do you, are you able to take time for yourself to kind of, I have a good uh, group of mom friends. We go out for coffee, and uh, my uh, my husband Jay is pretty involved, so that's um, really good. So I take on more the PWS learning, and then I kind of shell out that information out to him. But he's uh, he helps me around the house and all that, so I can take time for myself definitely. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you take time out for yourself, Annie? Um, you know I do not take as much as I should. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. What I do is, um, I do a lot of, um, 
yeah, podcasting and writing. And so like, I don't ever really have downtime where I'm just like sitting and watching a movie and just chilling out. But because when I have my free time, which I do get, I am doing things that I want to do that I choose to do, but that require a lot of attention and stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't know how to answer that, I guess. <laughs> I don't just, no, I feel good. Like I'm happy doing what I'm doing, but I, I have put a lot on my plate. So when I do have time, but I also have, but you know, in the fall, my youngest is going to go to kindergarten. So then that'll okay. be, that'll be, make a huge difference. So mm-hmm. yeah. Cause then all three of them are going to be in school. Yeah. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. maybe my husband and I can have a little more time to just hang out together, too, you know. <laughs> wow, that's going to be so nice. <clears throat> like a honeymoon. <laughs> well, and that's something I, I I think about. I mean, right now we have a 13-year-old daughter who watches the girls so we can go out, and that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that is nice. Yeah. And we pay her a little bit. We don't pay her nearly as much as a babysitter would charge. So, but I do realize that we're kind of in this grace period, you know, in a few years, she's not going to want to stay at home and watch the little ones, um, who won't be so little, but Freya won't be able to be at home by herself. So, you know, I sometimes, do you ever get overwhelmed thinking about the future? Like, do you focus on that ever? Do you find yourself thinking too much about what it could possibly be like, or are you pretty in the moment? I'm pretty in the moment. Um, my sister has agreed to look after Kinsey if something should happen to both uh, myself and my husband. Because my sister and Kinsey have an unbreakable bond. Like, unbreakable. Like, when my sister's in the room, I do not exist. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, well, I guess you're mom now. <laughs> but that's fun and all that. Um, but, yeah, I do realize that uh, there is a strong possibility that Kinsey will always live with us. Um, I don't know if that's going to be, but it's, I kind of resigned myself that if that's going to happen, you know, so I try not to think about it because that's the one thing that I'm going to, you know, miss for Kinsley is to have that independence, uh-huh. you know, but I'm not too sure where her spectrum is on this. Like, is she going to be mild? Is she going to be severe in, in the food? Seat? I don't know. If she doesn't food seek, like she goes in the refrigerator, we don't lock it. We do have a lock, but we don't lock it. And we're like, Kinsley, what are you doing? And then we can kind of tell when she's in the fridge. Yeah. You know, she's not sly that way. She's not sluice, you know. Like, <laughs> like we can tell. We're like, yeah, Kinsley, you're kind of making some noises over there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what about you with uh, Freya? Uh, we do have a kit. Uh, we have a little door on the kitchen mm-hmm. um, that actually came, that was actually here when we bought the house. We had taken it off for a while, but we put it back on when I got up one morning um, and she had eaten four bananas um, and then was coloring. So, like, she had stopped herself. You know, there were still a couple of bananas on the counter, but she had eaten, like, four of them until she decided to stop eating them. Um, and then uh, And then a few days later, she had gotten, uh, like, a, we had this big Costco-sized cinnamon bottle that we was going for recycling it was pretty much out but she had gotten a spoon and scraped a lot of the cinnamon like that were along the edges so she had cinnamon all over her face her face was red and anyway yeah so then we were like okay so she she you know it's not too bad she just she's not totally obsessed with food but definitely like if it's out um you know she asks about it she wants it 
Um, she's very good yeah. about like at mealtime when we say, okay, you're done. That's it. And she's done. And she, you know, she hands us her bowl, but, um, yeah, if there's food uh-huh. out on the counter and we're not looking, she would go in there and, and sneak it. So, uh-huh. yeah, like, yeah, Kinsley's highly, she loves her food, Kinsley. <laughs> loves her food. Uh-huh. When someone will ask her, how was your day? Oh, I had this for lunch. Yeah. Honey, that's not what they asked you. Right. Yeah, like, what's mealtime? Like, dinner time? Like, what are we having for dinner? Like, it's just, they really love that food. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes when I pick Brea up from school, I'll ask her, you know, what was the what was the funnest thing you did today? And you yeah. know, when it, snack, you know, I had bananas and snack. I'm like, no, but I asked her that yesterday. Um, ex- kind of, ex- and as soon as I asked it, I was like, oh god, she's gonna say something about food, but she didn't. She told me about a song that one of her friends taught her. So I was like, awesome! Like it's those small victories. You're like, yay! You didn't tell me about food. Awesome. <laughs> you remember something else besides what you had? <laughs> yep. Yep. I'll take it. I know. And God forbid you'd sneak in some food when they're sleeping right beside you. Like, they could be sound asleep, but they will hear something in their leg, and then they peek up, and you're like, how can you go from dead asleep to now wide awake? Really? Do you have some, like, like, like bad hearing capabilities or something? Like, oh, my God. That's what, we call it the yeah, like the rattle of the chip bag or something, you know. Like somebody, yeah. like her little sister, can be in the kitchen, and Freya can be playing in her room, and Rona will say uh-huh. like, "Can I have, uh, you know, can I have a carrot or something?" And then Freya, I just it, like I hear her drop what she's doing, and her feet down the hall, and she's like, "What's Rona eating?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it could be upstairs, Annie. Like that, and then I'll hear thump, What's this? Chip mama? Oh my god. Oh. Oh my god. I'm like to the point where I just like want to like go in the car. Like, I'm going to be the type to like be in my car at like 9 o'clock eating some chips here. I love, um, I've seen a few people post this at times. Like they'll post a picture or something, and I've totally done this. Like they go to the, they go to the grocery store without uh, their kid. And then they can get like get like a big chocolate cupcake or something, and they're just in the car eating yeah. it, you know, before they get home. <laughs> oh, oh, so fun to laugh because only us we can show how it really is. Like my friends get it, but they don't get it. Right. Like oh, that's cute. She, you know, she wants to be, you know, like a cook, and you know, when she's older, yeah, and no food will come out of the kitchen. Yeah, that's what Freya wants to be. When you ask her, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" she says, "A cooker." <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. My lord. Like, of course you want to be. Of course, because we want to be that. Right. <laughs> we joke about it. Like going to a restaurant is Kinsley's biggest joy in life. Like she has that high pitched squeal. I don't oh. know if Freya has that. Like. The excitement, the giggling, the jumping up and down. Uh, if she knows we're going to a restaurant, you might as well have told her you're going to Disney World. Oh. Like, and then she loves the menus. Like, she will, I feel like just getting a bunch of menus and just, that's your Christmas gift, is menus of food items. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think laughing about it is crucial. I think if we can't 
find the laughter in this, then that's when you get beaten down and bogged down and just. You'll be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta find the laughter. Yeah. Of course, you want to be a cook. <laughs> You'll be waiting a while for your meal. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh well. So, do you have um, do you have any advice out there if for anybody who's maybe newly diagnosed or just kind of starting this journey of being a parent of special needs? Um, I don't know. I didn't dwell on it so much. Like, I just, I had my, when I got the diagnosis, I remember that day clearly. Like, I will always remember that day. I had a good cry. My parent, my mom and my dad, my mom and my sister came up at the hospital and all that. Had a good cry. And then the next day, I went to work. I went to task because me crying is not going to be conducive to providing the best life for kids later. Uh-huh. So have a good cry and then just go to work, but but also enjoy your your child. Um, and join Facebook groups. Get out there, advocate, um, get them on growth hormone as fast as they can. But do what you want to do for your child. Like, I think I, I listened too much and then I took what other people were saying and just ran with it instead of you know, going with my gut feeling, you know, so Ugh. listen to your gut, but get them on growth hormone. There's absolutely no reason why your child should not be on growth hormone. Yeah. Unless, like, medically, it's <clears throat> conducive, but I don't know, the ones that say, oh, I don't want to put any, I don't know, they have reasons for not putting their child on growth hormone. Like, why? Why would you not do this for your child? Right. You know, like, it is the best chance, and, you know, so, I don't know. That's what I would say. I know it may not be the best type of advice, but, yeah, because I, I can't imagine where Kinsu would be at if I didn't put on growth hormone. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for oh, you're quite welcome, calling and, and telling, you know, being so open and fun to talk to and honest and I just this has been great I really appreciate this oh my god Andy I can't oh thank you so much you know it's been really it's, it's fun it really is yeah maybe uh who knows maybe someday we'll get to meet and our daughters can meet I mean they're the same oh age god, pretty much I would, to, I would love that because then you kind of see them with people like them you know and you see oh my god like yeah you know it's like kindred, all our children are like kindred spirits 